Pete, do you know what an idiom is? As a matter of fact, Maureen, I do. That is the name that my father used to refer to me by when I was a teenager. <laughs> no, no, Pete, I think he had something else in mind. Ah, uh, the cornball humor has started already. Mixing it up with Pete and Maureen podcast is coming up next. Well, hi, I'm Pete Torriello. And I'm Maureen Torriello. And we promise it gets better from here. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen podcast. And every week we get together behind these microphones and we mix it up about, well, whatever it is that we pull off the top of our heads. Or sometimes out of somewhere else. And occasionally it comes straight from the heart. The purpose of our podcast is to entertain and to inform and make you think, make you laugh, sometimes maybe make you get a little bit mad. But we've got a fun one today. We're talking about idioms, idioms which by the way, was suggested to us by one of our loyal listeners. So before we uh, start reading some of these idioms that we've looked up and give you their derivation, let's share a little bit about what an idiom really is. An idiom is a combination of words that has a figurative, but not necessarily a literal meaning. And they're the kind of expressions that you say all the time and don't think about. But if you do think about it, you wonder, how the heck did that ever come about? Now, what that's I, what we're going to talk about today. What I didn't know was that there are an estimated 225,000 idioms wow. in the English language. And that's just in the English language. I wonder if they have them in other languages. I think they do, because I know in Spanish, they say... Uh, Animales inteligentes comen sus jóvenes, which is smart animals eat their young. <laughs> right? right? Right. It's it's idiomatic. It's it's not something that that people would do. Of course not. But it's something that people say when they're frustrated with with their kids. Yeah. The smart animals eat their young, and yeah. I hope I hope my Spanish was correct on that. Okay. So, so that's an idiomatic expression, and we came up with a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah. To tell you about and uh, explain. Uh, do you want to lead off? Sure. Uh, one of the ones I came up with was, if the shoe fits, wear it. And I found out that originally... It started with Cinderella. No, it started before Cinderella, believe it or not. I always figured it was a Cinderella reference, but it really was originally, if the cap fits, wear it. And the cap was referring to a jester's cap, thereby calling somebody a fool. Oh, if the cap fits, you're a jerk. Like Is that jester. anything like, if the glove don't fit, you must quit? <laughs> <laughs> Not going there. <laughs> but then later on, when the Cinderella story came out, it became shoe, and it became more like affiliated with that. But that, that was the original derivation of it. Now, I have one, and you've heard this one all the time. Fly off the handle. Mm -hmm. He flew off. Oh, he really flew off the handle. Well, in the days before quality mass production... Poorly fastened axe heads Ooh. would fly off the handle when being used. And, of course, the results could be dangerous, dangerous, if not downright tragic. So that's where they got the term flying off the handle. It describes risky behavior with potentially serious uh, circumstances. Cool. Flying off the handle. handle. I've got one. Tits on a bowling ball. I like it already. <laughs> it has tits in it. Pete likes it. And uh, basically, it's it's saying like uh, 
you're full of it because uh, and you're, you're just useless because of course bowling ball doesn't need tits so uh <laughs> doesn't produce milk so what a no, revelation <laughs> it, it doesn't produce milk so there's no need for that so therefore it's a way of telling somebody they're utterly useless for wow anything all right here's one stealing someone's thunder mm-hmm. this started out as a theatrical term in the early 1700s there was an english playwright named john dennis and he manufactured a device to mimic the sound of thunder for theatrical presentations. Like sound effects or something, right? right? And uh, he developed this for a play that he was presenting, and the play bombed. But another play in the same theater used his very same sound effect for their play, and the play was a success, and so John Dennis said, they stole my thunder. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I never heard that one. That's cool. How about raining cats and dogs? Okay. We use it all the time. All the time. And uh, back in the, uh, the Greek, actually, um, is where it originated. Mm-hmm. The word, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, it's catadoxa, C A T A. D-O-X-A, and uh, it means contrary to experience or belief, catadoxa. So raining unbelievably hard, it means that it's, you know, uh, they say raining cats and dogs, but of course it's not. But the catadoxa resembles cats and dogs is where the the connection came. And so um, back, I had originally had a false theory that I had heard about that, that they used to keep animals up on the thatch roofs, and if it rained really hard, they would fall through the roof. But that's not the case. How about chewing the fat? Hmm. I was that, uh, I don't know. Chewing the fat uh, goes back to the early sailing days when ships had to carry food that wouldn't spoil without refrigeration. Mm-hmm. And one of the practices was to uh, pack the ship with salted pork skins, which were basically made out of fat. And it was the last thing that the crew would eat. They would eat this only if there was nothing else available to eat, and they would eat it with, obviously, with a grudge. Mm-hmm. And so that they would complain that they had to chew the fat. Okay. Now, now today when we say chew the fat, it means like, like a conversation like right you, like you're, well that you're, was the conversation that they were they were grumbling <laughs> right. about having to, yeah. to to chew the fat so they would they would say they were chewing the fat right okay how about this one shit from shinola well there goes the g rating on the, well i guess it, <laughs> on the podcast for this week now we have to put the little symbol up for e for explicit language excuse well, me actually, well actually started with tits on a bowling ball <laughs> it's all my fault this week how do you like that and i'm the one that says out of somewhere else yeah. <laughs> but actually the, the thing is the shoe polish, you know, used to come like in a little tin and it was, you know, mm-hmm. like this greasy stuff. My dad used to say it all the time. Yeah. And uh, so basically the, the two looked similar if you had brown shoe polish and you know what. So uh, <laughs> it, it was like it could be confused and only one was good for your shoes. 
but you'd have to be a dimwit to confuse the two. <laughs> so if they said you didn't know shit from Shinola, they were calling you a real dummy. Gee, those shoes smell a little funny. What you... <laughs> oh, I just polished didn't them. Didn't shine them. <laughs> My father used to say that one, and the other one that he used to say was, actually, there were two others. He would say, you don't know shit from Shinola, mm-hmm. usually after he called me an idiom. And, uh, <laughs> but he would also say, that guy don't know his ass from a hole in the ground. They're, they're, actually, they're related. Right? Yeah. Do you, do you actually have that one on there? I, I had it just written down, but I didn't find anything, any like good story oh, about okay. it. But they, they are like uh, kind of go hand and in hand. And I'm thinking, geez, if you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> then you're, uh, <laughs> you're really a dimwit. <laughs> and the other one, the other one that my dad used to say, see, my dad was full of all of these clever things. Uh, he would say, you don't know your ass from your elbow. Yeah, I've heard that one too. My parents would say that. That was like the, the that was like the triumvirate <laughs> in Pete Torriello senior speak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess he was always calling you kind of dumb. Huh? Well, you, you, it, one way or the other, you know, and I, and I probably was. I'm, you know, I wasn't the genius that I am today, Maureen. Well, not everybody can be that smart. You know? White elephant. Hmm. White elephant. The legend is that the king of Siam used to give white elephants to people that he sought to punish or settle a score with. The elephant was especially expensive to take care of, apparently, and so the king would present somebody with a white elephant in the hopes that it would drive that person into financial ruin with, with the cost of having to take care of it. How do you like that? So that's where white elephant came that's from. That's kind of sneaky. Something that that nobody wants. It's kind of sneaky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Get you get you something that's like worth a whole lot of money and you can't afford it. Kind of like going on a quiz show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Winning the big prize. Yeah. We just saw a guy today. Thank God he lost. Thank God he lost. He was on the Prices Right and he was he could win three brand new cars, but he had to win all three. He couldn't win one. It was either three or none and maureen and i were like how the heck are you going to pay the taxes on that yeah you know i figured the tax on all three of those cars would probably be pretty close to the tax for one car if you just bought it you know the price of the car yeah Yeah. so fortunately the guy didn't win (laughs) for him (laughs) okay what have you got blowing smoke in various degrees (laughs) that was one of my mother's (laughs) Well, see, I'm, I'm just full of them. Yeah, you must have been channeling Rose. <laughs> Maybe I was. And that comes from um, magicians. Okay. They would often use smoke to hide some of the uh, tricks that they were doing, you know, hide some of their actions or hide the, you know, the hidden trapdoor or whatever that, that was the secret to their trick. So blowing smoke meant you were deliberately trying to deceive by and large mm. right yeah you didn't yeah, see that one coming didn't see that one coming, no. it's another sailor's term uh it in the past it referred to full and by was the expression meaning that a ship was traveling into the wind uh large meant that the ship was coming from behind and by and large meant that the ship was coming from any direction Okay. Okay. Fallen by, a ship was traveling into the wind. Large meant that the ship was coming from behind the wind, and by and large meant that it was traveling 
or coming from any direction. Okay, meaning in general, in general basically. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. How about turn a blind eye? Okay. Now, this, is, this I found interesting. Admiral Horatio Nelson, you've mm-hmm. heard of him. He actually was blind in one eye. And at one point, there was the Battle of Copenhagen. And in order to push on, despite everybody else telling him to retreat, he reportedly held the telescope up to his blind eye. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And making I'm not seeing anything. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He's like he's like, there's nothing no no harm. Keep going forward. And they did. And uh, he made a, a sly comment to a fellow officer about reserving the right to use his blind eye now and then. Huh. See, I, I'm just thinking, like, there's something wrong with this telescope. I, I don't see, there's nothing but black in here. This telescope needs to be cleaned. No, basically, he faked it and, and got his own way and got to do what he wanted to do oh, wow. by turning a blind turning eye a blind to eye. The, the danger. Wow. Close but no cigar. <laughs> okay. You hear that one a lot. Yeah. And uh, in the 1800s, Carnival games in the late 1800s were very often targeted toward adults rather than kids. And an adult winning a game would often be given a cigar as a prize. Okay. Just like, uh, you see, remember they used to have the old uh, Defeats of Strength where the guy would pick up this big mallet Mm -hmm. and he would slam it down on this this fulcrum and the thing would shoot up and ring the bell. If he rang the bell, he got a cigar. Okay. But if it only went up halfway, the yeah, woman that he was <laughs> the the woman that he was with would leave him for a stronger guy. Mm-hmm. No. And, and they would say, "Oh, close, but no cigar." Yeah. And that's where that came from. Cool. From from carnival games. That's funny. I remember we being able to win cigarettes down on the boardwalk. With oh the, yeah, my mom and with dad. The wheel, with the wheels, I don't think they're they, allowed to do that anymore. My mom and dad were, were both heavy smokers, unfortunately. And they would go down to uh, Keensburg. Mm-hmm. That was Saturday night in our house was a good night to go to Keensburg. And they would go to uh, the wheels mm-hmm. where they could win cigarettes. Right. Yeah, I remember that, you know, that would be down and even on Seaside Heights. You know, and I would be, well, let's go to this one. You can win a transistor radio. Nah, I want to win my (laughs) L&Ms. I got to win a cotton of L&Ms, Peter. I need my Herbert Tarrytons. Come on, Pete, let's go over here. This one's got L, this one's got cigarettes. Let's, let's go. (laughs) How about feeling under the weather? Okay. Another uh, seafaring one. It's mm-hmm. interesting how I many of these I think I had that on my list, too, so I'll cross these, that one out. How many of these things come about from sea analogies? Yeah. But um, a sailor, if he wasn't feeling well, he'd go below deck and try to, you know, ride out his, his seasickness or his illness or whatever. So he's literally under the bad weather that could sicken him. And sometimes, the, you know, the, the illness came because of the storm impending and tossing the ship around and they would get seasick so they'd put them underneath the uh, the under the deck under the deck that's exactly what what i found too when i was i I thought of the same thing Mm -hmm. as maureen and i did not compare notes when we were researching this so it's it's interesting that we both came up with that one and came up with the very same definition so it must be right it must be right (laughs) how about blue moon 
Blue moon. <laughs> Blue moon is the second full moon in the month. In the same month. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually happens once every two and a half years. Okay. On rare occasions, the moon has been known to take on a blue-gray color, especially if there was smoke in the atmosphere from somebody blowing smoke. (laughs) um, Or from a volcanic eruption or a forest fire, Mm. and that would be referred to as the blue moon. All right. All right. By the way, our Maureen and I singing, please consider that as added value on the podcast yeah you don't always get that we don't sing all the time (laughs) probably a good thing probably (laughs) you got some more there oh yeah how about beating around the bush okay and uh game hunting in britain they would beat the bushes in order to draw out the birds therefore beating around the bush is getting to the main point of actually capturing the birds okay uh let's see what have we got give the cold shoulder okay which I have also received numerous times back in my dating days. Not for uh, me. It, no, never from <laughs> you, hon. Uh, medieval etiquette, believe it or not, after a feast in England, hosts would signal that the meal was over and they wanted you to go home by, <laughs> by, leaving, by, by leaving out a, sl- a, sl- a slice of cold pork, mutton, or beef shoulder. So when that came out, it was like, okay. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go home. Yep. Gee, I wonder if that works now. (laughs) Sometimes you want people to go home. (laughs) Sometimes you want people to go home, you know. Usually Maureen and I just, we start putting the chairs up on top of the kitchen table and and flicking the lights on and off (laughs) in the kitchen when we want you to go home. What else you got? Okay. Reading the riot act. Okay. Uh, There really was a riot act, you know, legislative type riot act. It was passed in 1714 over in England. King George I was very fearful of being overthrown. He lived in fear of, of, of you know, what Sounds coup. like somebody else that was in office <laughs> recently. And so if crowds of more than 12 assembled, this riot act would have, the authorities would come out and read the riot act to them and, and they would have to disperse the crowd. So there really was a real riot act. How about this one? Letting the cat out of the bag. Mm. Again, this goes back to medieval times in the marketplace. People would sell piglets tied in bags for farmers to take home for slaughter. Shady dealers would swap the piglet for a cat. Mm. And so exposing a fraud became known as letting the cat out of the bag ah, isn't that a good that one that is a good that's one. a good yeah. one yeah i never never knew that okay how about spill the beans okay and uh unlike the the child's game of spill the beans it actually in a way it sort of is similar the ancient greeks had a way to vote and what they did was they would have a, a large vase and you would put a white bean in if uh, you, you were voting yes, and a brown or black bean, if you vote no. I think that's how they choose the Pope now. <laughs> that's smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> anyway, so if someone, uh, you know, knocked over the, the, the vase and the beans all came out, the results would be apparent before 
it before it was supposed to be. So spilling the beans meant you revealed something before it was intended to be known. There is so much sarcastic undertone in this podcast this year. <laughs> I hope you're all appreciating it. The Seven Year Itch. Okay. Seven Year Itch, which was a great movie, I think, with Marilyn Monroe, I think, was in it. I forget now, but it was a, a, a comedy, mm -hmm. as I recall. Seven Year Itch uh, actually has, the original term had nothing to do with wanting to stray seven years into a marriage. Uh, it refers to scabies. Ew. Yeah. As an itchy skin uh, infection that were caused by mites burrowing under the skin. And the seven-year itch referred to how long the uh, the bugs could survive underneath the skin. Oh, that's so gross. It's the seven-year itch. That is gross. Yeah. yeah. Yuck. Okay, I got one more. Okay, I got two more, so we're okay. good. Okay. More fun than a barrel of monkeys for describing this podcast. <laughs> and... Uh, it actually just alludes to the playful behavior of primates, and it was first recorded as an expression back in 1895. But the ironic thing is that while when you see the monkeys having fun like that, it, it's a joyful, happy, fun thing, but the expression has come to be something that isn't funny. It's like, oh, well, I was more fun than a barrel of monkeys. You know, like it, it took on a sarcastic tone. I don't like monkeys. <laughs> I really don't like monkeys. I'm not going to be too graphic, but when Maureen and I, I think we were dating, weren't we? Or, or newly married. Newly married. We, we, were, we were a lot it's younger. a long time ago. Long time long, ago. Long, long we were in a ago. shopping mall, and they had a, uh, a zoo. Like a petting like zoo Like a petting something. zoo in the shopping mall. And they had these chimpanzees <laughs> in a cage. And we were riding up the elevator, watching these, this escalator. These, the, the, this escalator, thank you. Watching these chimpanzees in the cage, and all I'm going to say is that one of the chimpanzees did something that was really disgusting. <laughs> and everybody on the escalator was like, was, Ew! Ew! at the same time, it was just one of those collective gasps that people let out and ever since then Pete ever since then like i've got no use for for monkeys or chimpanzees i, I can't look at them Aww. can't can't stand them uh blood is thicker than water because mm -hmm. it is uh the uh the full maxim was uh the blood of the covenant now with your your background in liturgy mm -hmm. you might enjoy this the blood <laughs> of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. All right. A covenant referring to a friendship in this case. Your blood brothers, I can't even read my own handwriting. You know, your, your blood brothers were the ones who were with you through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. The, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Okay. And you're done with yours? I'm done okay, with Okay, and I've got my last one here. Till the cows come home. Oh. <laughs> and what is that? Cows were often milked during the evening hours. Okay. In the barn. And so that was the last task of the day, which could not be performed until the cows came home to the barn. 
Oh. And it goes back all the way to the 1500s. Wow. Isn't that something? It is something. That was fun. That was a fun little show. We want to thank Joe Caracelli. For the idea. For the idea. Joe gives us a lot of good ideas. And that was one of them. So thank you, Joe. You can write to us at uh, Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen. And uh, the way to do that is to reach out to us on Yahoo, Pete and Maureen podcast at yahoo.com. And uh, let us know. Do you like the podcast? Do you not like it? And tell us about ideas that you'd like to see us do on future shows. Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen is the name of our podcast. And that is also the name of our Facebook page. I was going to say, if you go on Facebook, that we often post little additional things about the podcast that you can look at. Right on. Mixing it up with Pete and Maureen on Facebook and for the email, Pete and Maureen podcast at yahoo.com. So that's going to do it for this week. We appreciate your taking the time to spend uh, 25 minutes or so with us this week. And we'll be back a week from today. We launch the show every Monday and we'll be back with another show which will pull off the top of our heads. Or somewhere else. Or maybe straight from the heart. Till then, I'm Pete Torriello. And I'm Maureen Torriello. And for now, goodbye, God bless you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.